You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting. And, of course, talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game. And, of course, we're there now. So, what is good, y'all? I hope everybody's been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal short week so far. If you do live in Canada, oh, that, that long weekend, y'all, was just so needed. I hope everybody's been feeling refreshed so far, like the uh, refreshedness is still sticking with you because I know for a lot of, at least not just myself, but a lot of people that I've talked to, uh, you know, friends and family, usually the weeks after long weekends are super busy for whatever reason. And it definitely was the case and still is the case for myself. However, I just feel super happy and blessed that I do get to have this break um, to, to record TKO and talk all uh, uh, talk about all the fun stuff in the world of combat sports with y'all, at least for the next half hour. But, you know, um, especially after long weekends, because you're so used to sleeping a little bit late and having <laughs> a little bit more fun than usual. Uh, your circadian rhythms get really messed up and um, for that reason it will take you at least a few days at least a couple days or three days for you for your sleep schedule to get back to normal and for you to not feel extremely tired every single morning that you wake up to go to school go to work whatever it is um so yeah that's definitely one of the things that bumps me up but still um i hope everybody also had a very relaxing and peaceful long weekend um and you know what sometimes uh the disruption in their and everybody's circadian rhythm is much needed because of all the fun they get to have beforehand you know taking some time off sleeping in or whatever it is over long weekends and just doing everything you want to do anyways all right, so um, since that it is a short week, the weekend is almost upon us. And this weekend, we have some very exciting events coming up. Actually, okay, so I do want to talk about this thing that I did personally uh, over this past week. I'm, I'm not sure if I talked about it in a previous episode or not, but it was just like a really fun experience that I had personally. I just thought I'd share it with y'all on this episode. So um, I actually, over this past week, uh, I actually learned how to drive manual cars for the first time i know i sound really like you know this is such like first world problem kind of thing uh i don't know since i first uh started to learn how to drive i have only been uh driving automatic cars and um this past week uh there was this initiative at our beautiful college of uh, ontario vet college um and i actually got to drive a manual car but not just any manual car i actually got to drive a very special classic car i believe it was a 19 1969 uh chevy truck again i probably <laughs> would butcher the like the model and the branding but um i got to i got to drive a couple of classic cars over the past uh, week 
for me to learn how to how to drive stick how to drive manual transmission cars and it was um i only brought it up because honestly it was one of the highlights of not just my week but also i feel like this whole year almost um i don't know if you've uh, been through something similar but once you like something that you haven't tried before at all and something that you've dreaded for the longest time because of how hard a certain task might be or whatever it is and then once you actually get your hands on it um and you see that okay you know it's actually not as bad as i thought and not only that but i'm actually actually having a lot of fun with it that's just the best feeling in the world and uh, if it's something okay yeah like for me personally i thought driving manual transmission was the hard one of the hardest things in the world even though it's really not after i actually gave it a try at first the car would just um you know just uh not even <laughs> work at all anyway you have to play around with um, the the pedals that you have a lot but uh the fact that I actually got to learn it and I got to do it on classic cars, it was just, it just meant a lot to me because I love, love, love cars and I love specifically classic cars. And the fact that, um, actually, shout out to Dr. Brad Hanna for um, coming up with this initiative at the OVC and actually being my instructor for the day to teach me how to drive manual cars. Um, it was a, it was a, awesome experience and um if you are a grad student actually with the uh you have with the university of guelph honestly um just contact dr brad Hanna, and um he is the best instructor that you can possibly get for uh, learning how to drive manual transmission anyways um i don't know i just thought i should just uh, share with y'all because for me it was just really fun and again i guess to make it a little bit philosophical um once you dread something for so long but you get your hands on it and once you get a hang of it it's honestly it feels like it's the best thing in the world and um that's just how it felt to me when i <laughs> learned how to drive not just manual transmission but manual transmission on classic cars it was the best thing in the world anyways um so yeah yeah that's the moral of the story and yeah honestly it was a lot of fun and yeah if there's anything that you want to try, but you're kind of scared, just go for it, okay? Just go for it. Uh, just try to immerse yourself in that thing, and you'll have so much fun, trust me. Anyway, so that's that. All right, so what, what was I talking about before this? Yes, of course. Uh, UFC 265 is coming up, by the way, this upcoming weekend. So UFC 265 is uh, going to be headlined by an awesome main event bout between Derek Lewis and Cyril Gain for a very competitive heavyweight bout, which we haven't seen in a long, long time. And something deep in my um, MMA gut actually tells me that whoever wins this fight will potentially get a title shot against the current champion, Francis Ngannou, okay? So this is, after all, a very important fight with very important implications. Here we have, um, and I said that with reason, with numbers, because right now, oh, hello, what am I talking about here? So it is indeed for the interim championship belts, the heavyweight championship belt, the interim heavyweight championship belt. Um, so yes, uh, whoever wins this fight will become the interim 
heavyweight champion at the UFC. And that is a big deal. But, I mean, not to take anything away, like any value away of how important this fight is still. But I just want to say, yes, even though whoever wins this fight will become the interim champion, they're not quite the full champion because they have yet to fight and unify the belts against Francis Ngannou, the actual, the original OG heavyweight champion currently in the UFC. So these two guys, these two titans are going to be going at it um, on Saturday night, okay, for this interim heavyweight championship uh, bout. But um, I actually took a very brief look through the rest of the main card. And I would seriously, we need to have a talk, okay? If you, for whatever reason, miss any of these bouts here on the main card. Because the co-main event is going to be featuring the former featherweight champion, the former... Not just, you know, we're not only just talking about a former champion, but also a literal legend in the world of mixed martial arts and a UFC veteran. Jose Aldo is going to be back, everybody. And he's going to be fighting off against another UFC veteran, Pedro Munoz. And this is going to be an interesting fight. And I actually, it, it did escape my mind that this fight was happening on this UFC 265 card. Um... But it is going to be, after all, a very interesting fight. If we have enough time, uh, we'll definitely talk about this fight in detail as well. Uh, the third last fight of the evening is going to be between um, Michael Chiesa and Vincente Luque from Brazil. And this fight also is going to be very interesting because um, Michael Chiesa... So I'll just, I guess I'll give you a brief overview of this fight because I don't think we're going to be having enough time to talk about it in detail. So Michael Chiesa, he is known for his wonderfully um, uh, detailed and masterful submission skills and vincente luque he I, I would say overall he's a very well-rounded mixed martial artist however he tends to favor striking more in his fights. so um it's gonna i would actually be very interested to see how this fight will turn out especially because vincente luque has definitely been more active in the recent years <laughs> and i know that sounds really surprising because you're like oh whoa like for someone to be fighting Vincente Luque at least they have to be at the at the same competitive level or something right but I hate to break it to you but Michael Chiesa has not fought in so so long he's only focused on commentating in the UFC and uh, not to say that he hasn't trained in the meanwhile he definitely has even at UFC embedded vlog videos on YouTube, we've seen him on the sidelines with various MMA fighters just training, again, training on the sideline, not specifically for a fight of his own, but he has been in the gym, but he has not been inside the octagon for a very, very, very long time. But again, don't let that uh, make you think that that would actually take anything away from how skilled of a fighter Michael Chiesa is because if he weren't they would not match up against Vincent Vincente Luque excuse me so that tells you something even though Ringrass will play a major factor here for Michael Chiesa uh, again the fact that they thought that he would be a good matchup against someone as active and as uh, high level as Vincente Luque right now that tells you a lot so 
Yeah, this one is also going to be an interesting one to keep an eye out for. So this is the third last fight of the evening. And beautiful. So um, the next two ladies that I'm going to be talking about are actually one of my all-time favorites in the... Uh, in the field of women's MMA, so Tisha Torres uh, is going to be fighting off against Angela Hill in the in the strawweight division in the UFC, and I absolutely love these two wonderful ladies. Uh, Tisha Torres, um, she's very muscular and always delivers her shots with a lot of power. Um, and Angela Hill, she. She is one of those, uh, I would like to say that Angela Hill is like the female Cowboy Cerrone. And I say that because Angela Hill, if you haven't, if you haven't tuning into every other like UFC fight night, you'll probably come across Angela Hill. And that is because every time, not, you know, not just only for her own fights, she will always show up in perfect shape, but also because she will fight so well in her own fights and wouldn't get injured and would literally finish off her opponents in very little time, the UFC would actually have her come in, jump in for short notice fights. And she would get so many fights. And actually, over the pandemic, I believe Angela Hill was one of the only people over the entire roster to get a lot, so many fights in you know in this period of time that not everybody was as active so kudos to angela hill for um staying in shape and for fighting smart so that she would actually get called in for like i guess emergency fights uh if i if i may but um that just tells you how badass of a woman she is and how much hard work she tends to put in to to everything that she does when it comes to MMA. So Angela Hill is going to be fighting. But okay, even though I talked so much more about Angela Hill, do not think that that would take anything away from how great of a fighter Tisha Torres is. So Tisha, uh, fun fact, she actually got her master's in um, like criminal justice, I believe, while she was this full-on professional MMA fighter. So she was in school full-time doing grad school while being a professional fighter. I mean, that's gold right there, <laughs> okay? Um, and other than that, she is just very dedicated to what she does. You know, she um, she has a little bit of everything in her game plan, which makes her very... Um, you know, when, when um, things get very critical in fights, uh, that's actually very to, to her benefit because uh, in her toolbox, essentially, she would just, you know, if her opponent is doing too much striking, then she would have just enough um, wrestling to go down uh to go down for for a takedown literally on her opponent and t- t- completely turn the whole momentum of the fight in her own favor you know um or vice versa if things are more favored towards wrestling and grappling then Tisha Torres will upregulate i guess <laughs> uh her her striking in a fight so that again she would turn things into her own advantage in a fight so she has a little bit of everything but she has she has perfected them just perfectly what did i just say she has perfected it so perfectly okay no that's how you know i'm so sleep deprived okay 
But you get what I mean. She she has all those skills and has perfected them, has mastered them so that whenever she needs them in critical situations, she's easily able to recruit them, any of them, right? All right, so I hope that made more sense. But bottom line, uh, Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill is going to be one of those fights that you certainly do not want to miss on this UFC 265 fight card and i'm just looking at this uh this whole fight card and i'm just so thrilled to already just like get to breaking down this uh derrick lewis and surreal game five for y'all because after all it is going to be for the interim heavyweight championship um belt uh, i was gonna say belt of the world but i'm just a little bit hesitant to make it sound that grand i guess because after all again it is going to be an interim championship belt it's not the full championship belt and i'll actually tell you in a few seconds why i'm a, why i'm actually being a little bit salty about this and here's why i'm being a little bit salty about this whole situation so francis Ngannou was actually francis Ngannou, the current undisputed champion heavyweight champion at the ufc he was originally supposed to fight Derek lewis for the actual heavyweight belt um for him to defend his belt against Derek lewis and this fight made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons because when francis Ngannou he was at the top of the he was at the top of his game way back when when he started fighting in the ufc and he was essentially undefeated until uh, a time came that he was fighting for the heavyweight title against the then champion Stipe Miocic. Everybody thought that, okay, yeah, Francis has got this. He's going to go in and completely demolish um, Stipe Ngannou the first time. Unfortunately, he, he just wasn't at that level. You know, he needed a little bit more experience and whatnot. So when the time came, he unfortunately lost he got a little bit overwhelmed and outboxed and it wasn't uh, outboxed and also out wrestled yeah that was the big problem um so that definitely really took a toll on his confidence and mental health to the extent that for his next fight even though francis Ngannou had not fought in so long uh his comp you know it was time for his comeback fight and his comeback fight was actually against Derek lewis so it was not if you if you thought about it at the time it was not a super difficult fight for francis Ngannou because he at the at that time he had only had one loss on his record and yeah i mean for very good reason he had lost after all to the heavyweight champion of the world right like let's not give him any grief for that right it's very natural um if he had one at the time it would have been just extraordinary but the fact that he lost like that didn't take anything away from him right however um even though everybody thought he, he actually had this fight in his back pocket unfortunately he came out and even though there were so many openings and opportunities for him to just charge forward towards towards Derek lewis he just wouldn't he it felt like something was holding him back and so that 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 fight <laughs> I hate to say it, but I'm I know I've talked to so many people after that fight, so many MMA fans. The fight between Francis Ngannou and Derek Lewis, um, the first fight that the two had, that has been considered as one of the most boring and most non-dynamic fights ever in the history of mixed martial arts, okay? 
so that was a very awkward fight. Uh, and Francis Ngannou lost that fight, right? So that was another loss that Francis had on his record. However, again, after that fight, he actually took a step back and said to himself, okay, I need to work on myself. I need to fix a few things before I actually get back into the octagon again. And what he did was he actually got help. Um, he improved a lot, not just physically, but also emotionally. And, you know, his mental state improved a lot as well. And so for his subsequent comeback fights, he won and he won and he won. And when the time came for a rematch against the then champion again, Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou actually won that fight. So uh, when you become the champion, um, obviously because he had just uh, taken vengeance for that first loss on his professional record against Stipe Miocic. So, you know, they're even, right? Um, who's left now? Well, Derek Lewis, because he's the other guy that he's ever lost to in his professional uh, MMA career. <laughs> so he better, like, he, it's so natural for him to have at least a rematch against him for him to prove to himself and to the fans that, no, you know, I've improved so much and now I'm the champion. I deserve this win. So again, he wants to make it even with Derek Lewis. And that was uh, what it was supposed to be like when um, uh, Francis Ngannou got the belt, got the heavyweight belt for himself. Everybody knew that Derek Lewis was going to be the next uh, mandatory <laughs> um, opponent for Francis Things actually happened, though. A lot of politics and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff happened. Being that the fight, uh, the Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou rematch fight was offered to Francis Ngannou, right? And they're saying, okay, you have to make this fight happen. And what Francis Ngannou said, uh, he said that he was ready for this fight. He was going to be ready for this fight in September, which is fair, okay? Like, <laughs> you're the champion. Obviously, all the pressure is on you. And you want to make sure that you're, you're going to be prepared enough for any fight. And when they told him about this fight, um, you know, it is very natural for any fighter to ask for at least, like, at least four months off. Or, like, they, they want to start training us as, as uh, late as four months prior to the event, Right. And that's, that was very natural for Francis Ngannou to say, okay, no, I actually want the fight to be in uh, September because that's when I'm going to be ready, right? And they said, no, nope, uh, that's not going to happen. So in the meanwhile, we're going to be having an interim heavyweight championship uh, bouts between whoever, right? Like Derek Lewis and someone else at the time, they said, right? But think about it. What, what is the date going to be on Saturday? It's going to be August 7th. And Francis Ngannou said he was going to be ready in September. So if they had waited three weeks, we could have seen the actual heavyweight title being defended. And we didn't even, we wouldn't even have the need for an interim heavyweight title. So I don't understand. I'm sure um, there's definitely so much more involved in this case and so many behind the scenes and so many, so, so many politics is involved for sure. Uh, which even though I try to be a good sports journalist and tell you guys about it all, but you know, sometimes there's some things that ugh, your girl just can't, you know, have access to and nobody can really, unless you're actually in their team. 
or you're you're in the management team or you're uh working like you're an insider for the ufc or something you know so it's very tricky when it comes to that type of stuff but uh it, that's one of the big reasons why i'm actually a bit salty about this interim championship bout between Derek lewis and surreal gain but again i don't want that to sound like i'm taking anything away from how great of a fight this is gonna be because um Derek lewis he is like consistently he's proven that he deserves to be uh in the top five list of contenders in the in the heavyweight division and that's been very consistent for the past few years um he's definitely secured himself a spot in the top five and for cyril um i'm probably actually mispronouncing his name cyril gain okay i hope i'm actually putting the right emphasis on the right parts but he as well has been um uh, literally accelerating up this trajectory uh, up to uh, <laughs> up through the, the heavyweight contendership because right now he's actually undefeated. He's had nine wins on his professional record and his record is perfect. It is pristine. And since he, since he started fighting for the UFC in uh, 2019, he's fought against very... Um, actually tough op uh, opponents so starting off you know with some of the names that we're more familiar with people like uh, Junior Dos Santos uh, Jarzinho Rosenstreich Alexander Volkov all of these guys are uh, what I would like to call you know the I hate to put it this way but the stepping stones of the heavyweight division you would have to, especially as a newcomer to the UFC, to the heavyweight division at the UFC, these are the new people that you have to go through and win against in order for you to get to the top and potentially get a title shot. Junior Dos Santos is one of those OG guys that I absolutely love and adore because um, he actually used to be the heavyweight champion. And then, you know, life happened, uh, ups and downs, injuries, and, and like all that stuff happened, but he's still strong and fighting. Um, but because of his seniority, I guess, in the heavyweight division and his um, many years of experience, uh, the matchmakers know that whoever wins against him definitely has something to prove and deserves to stay in the heavyweight division so that was the first person that they put surreal gain against and he won against junior dos santos rosenstreich was also another guy uh that at the time well i say at the time but this was only a few months ago rosenstreich and surreal gains uh actually started out around the same time in the ufc both newcomers in the heavyweight division both absolute badasses but they just had to figure out who's the who's the uh, baddest guy, I guess, or the 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 more dominant fighter in this case. And turned out that it was um, Cyril Gain, even though Rosenstrike was also a very dangerous guy um, in the heavyweight division, still is. But again, because of his, uh, just go and watch some of his highlights, his knockout highlights. Um, anybody who can pass uh, get past uh, <laughs> Rosenstrike 
he definitely deserves to stay in the heavyweight division right now in the UFC. And the last person that he fought against recently was Alexander Volkov, who is another um, dangerous opponent, uh, sorry, contender in the heavyweight division because he he has really long limbs. He's very tall in the division and he's a fantastic striker. So again, if you get past him, uh, it, will, it will show everybody, prove to everybody that you can get past uh, some of the best striking in the division right now. So Cyril Gain, he passed all those steps, all those levels against all these badass guys. Now it's time for him to, um, I would say arguably his biggest challenge to date being Derek Lewis. Because Derek Lewis, um, he is very, very notoriously known for his very, very powerful shots, you know. Um, but the thing is, for Cyril Gain to be potentially successful in this fight, he only needs to endure one or sorry, two or three rounds of this fight of uh, of Derek Lewis absolutely just charging forward, trying to knock him out. But I'm telling you, once he's past that dangerous phase, then this fight can easily get a decision because those first few rounds are the golden openings for Dirk Lewis to either just just completely knock out his opponent or damage him to a lot of extreme extent. Uh, but other than that, if the fight goes past the third round, then it's going to be very tricky. And I'm very sure that it's going to be a very close fight. That will end in a decision win for either guy. So that's, uh, you know, that's definitely one of the biggest reasons why you should be watching this fight on Saturday. You don't know who's going to win, but you just know that it's going to be a very, very good fight. All right. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to be having for this week. Y'all make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl, John Nunn right here. And this is TKO. Peace out.